Hey, this is Wicked Spursy, Mike, Steve, Dave, and occasionally a special guest here to talk about the club that we love, Tottenham Hotspur. Come on, you Spurs. Let's go. Hey, this is Wicked Spursy, Mike, Steve, and Dave. Steve, how you doing? Mm, not too bad, all things considered. Uh, you know, it is a Monday after all. Yeah, it's been a little, uh, a little dreary these last couple of days, so... Looking forward to having some uh, good, fun conversation. I, I agree. Steve, I don't know about you, but my yard is covered in wet leaves right now, which uh, I'm just dreading next weekend. Th- there's a project waiting for me. But, you know, <laughs> this time of year, that's the deal. Mike, how about you? How you doing? Well, first off, I'm going to say uh, welcome to Vermont, you couple of fucking Flatlanders. <laughs> okay, Captain Chris, America. Of course it's dreary and there's wet yeah. leaves. <laughs> Um, I, I'm doing pretty well. Um, had a, had a decent enough weekend. Uh, Sunday was a great day for cooking. I made a fucking awesome bolognese, you know, it took me five hours to make, um, you know, my, my Nana's recipe. So that was kind of fun. Um, you know, outside of that, we got to see some good soccer, my, uh, baseball team's fucking doing well. So, uh, I'm, I'm happy all around, man. I'm pretty happy all around. Uh, my son was just diagnosed with Lyme disease, um, mm. as was my wife earlier in the summer. So uh, we're gonna we're dealing with ticks, I guess, around here. Um, but that's kind of the price you pay for living in the woods in Vermont. <laughs> that that's true. But sorry to hear that. Nonetheless, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's had a fever for a few days. He missed his last uh, two false soccer games, but you know he's doing well otherwise. I mean. He has his ups and downs and as kind of comes with the territory with Lyme disease. You have, you know, fevers and that go up and down. You don't know what they are until you get diagnosed. So luckily the good folks at uh, Northwestern Medical Center uh, got him diagnosed within a couple of days. So of having the fever. So he's he's well. All right. Good. Glad to hear that. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, you mentioned you mentioned your baseball team. Unfortunately, my my baseball team, my White Sox uh, season is finito. So uh, 2022 will be the year but for now at least mike your guys are still in so we'll, we'll keep an eye on that hopefully that plays out well i can strictly focus on spurs now so that I, i'm able to be tuned in and steve will appreciate that so i won't be distracted by anything else speaking of focusing on spurs let's talk about yesterday um coming off a break we had rumors of uh covid illnesses that thankfully didn't manifest although there's some weird hipaa violations although i know hipaa is not really a thing in in england but you know there's that whole vibe but <laughs> Steve, why don't you get us started with talking about uh, the match yesterday in the Saudi Arabian-owned uh, pitch? Yeah. That, that, was, that was terrible grammar, but yeah, you get the point. Talk about Newcastle, please. Uh, I'd rather talk about Spurs. Just completely forget about Newcastle, garbage team. I, I Honestly, I kind of hope they just drop this year. I mean, I, Steve Bruce probably isn't going to last much longer. I'm kind of shocked he wasn't sacked this morning um but i mean if you think about it right like who are you gonna buy in the january window to improve that god awful squad it just feels like you know their season's already done in a way same with norwich if you think about it i mean they just them burnley and 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 uh, norwich haven't won yet this season and none of those games have looked like they were particularly threatening. Um, and I, I, I want to make that distinction clear that they weren't particularly threatening because even though it was a, you know, a nice win, it was one that I would have been really pissed off if we lost. They had no pressure at all, save for like that opening five minutes, five, 10 minutes. Um, they kind of just sat off the ball. They, they invited Spurs on, um, you know, don't get me wrong. The, the Spurs players, they were fluid. They were doing what they were supposed to be doing. It was great attacking, probably could have had a couple more uh, in there, but I mean, Newcastle kind of made it easy for us, right? They didn't really pressure any of the, the attackers too much. They didn't really get in there. The only person who really, went after anybody was John Joe Shelby who got sent off after what, like 12 minutes on the field. So can't stand, can't stand that guy. Never have liked that guy. I swear. Every time I watch him play, he gets carded like red carded off. I hate that guy. Um, 
but at least he didn't injure anybody this time. So, so you got that going for us. Um, but no, I mean, I'll, I'll try to be a little more optimistic this week. You know, there was some brilliant play and, and I mentioned it to you guys, you know, while the game was going on, something that had been missing for long stretches over the last what month or so um, when Spurs were on the attack, there were runners, right? You're going through the middle. You have people overlapping you on either side. You have a winger out wide um, or a fullback who's, who's, you know, hugging the touchline as an option. Um, if they're breaking down the left through uh, usually Reggie or, or son, you had the other one who was making that overlapping run past them on the, on the left-hand side. And towards the middle, you had guys like Ndombele, Kane, and Lucas who were offering options as well. You know, I can't tell you how many times that, I, you know, I planes in previous games that, you know, we've got a break going and it's just one guy trying to do it all, right? There's nobody offering any kind of support going forward. They're kind of just jogging over there. There's really no options. And by the time anybody gets up to where the action is, the opposition has already kind of solidified their formation. They're in the right position. Everything's covered. There's no openings anymore. We didn't really see that. And again, Newcastle really didn't, make it too difficult but it was nice to watch these guys you know run on the attack and offer options you know there were a couple of times where you know you've got a guy like a a Hoiberg who's driving through the middle and he could look up and you've got you know Lucas running on the right you got Kane down the middle you got Dombele for you know kind of that lateral ball and then you've got like Son or Reggie or somebody on the left who's just like bombing forward you know it, it's it's brilliant because it offers up options. It makes it a nightmare for for the defensive side to try to figure out well where's it where are they going to go? What do we have to cover? Like what's the more dangerous situation? You know, I talked about it a couple of weeks ago. It's that confusion that it adds um, to the defenders where they're not sure where you're going to go. It, you know, it's it's so much easier when there's one other player running and they can just cover that guy and suddenly there's there's nothing for you, right? When there's three or four. It's so much harder um, because then they have to, they essentially have to guess. They have to, they have to, you know, be intuitive as to, as to what the play might be. Um, So it was really nice to see that. And I think we benefited from that a couple of times, the, the footwork, the, the dribbling, the skills. I mean, Zambale looked happy. He looked like he was having a good time out there. Um, And, and, contrast that to the last game before the break right i thought he looked fatigued after like 15 minutes uh it was really nice to see him out there you know with a smile on his face trying all these uh fancy skills and and really pulling them off you know steve can i interrupt for a second on indomitably yeah. i uh driving home from work today i was listening to golden guest their their podcast and one of them said that he he covered like 11.4 kilometers yesterday and that was nearly a half a kilometer more than anybody else on the pitch at the time so those are deli numbers those those are deli numbers numbers. yeah that's not out of shape and dombly numbers right like that that's pretty impressive yeah no he was he it was like night and day right like we've been used to kind of this um you know for lack of a better word unfit Ndombele who gets gassed easily and doesn't look like he can be bothered after you know the first couple of minutes this guy I mean I don't know if it was like you know somebody threw him like a nice birthday party or something you know I know it's not his birthday but like he looked like somebody who had just had like a really energizing experience and was ready to go that dude are you talking about like right when they came back after the after that after the break after the medical emergency even like when they when they set up for that for that for that uh what was it a free kick right there right or no it was a corner kick when they set up for that corner kick and Dombley came around the back side of Hoiberg right yeah he was kind of grabbing onto him or no Eric Dyer he was grabbing onto him yeah, kind of yeah. Bouncing up well, yeah, down yeah. but uh, I mean that was his that was like the entire game for him you know yeah, it, yeah. it was refreshing to see like if, if that's the Ndombele that can show up consistently it's just going to be an absolute delight to watch um, yeah it will be know, I mean I, that's kind of what we've been waiting for this for since he, since he signed with the team. And uh, you know, you, I think when you get a guy who's just super happy like that and super excited, you see that kind of, you know, it kind of, it kind of pays off in, in, in dividends um, when the rest of the team connects with that, with that happiness too. 
Because when he's pissy and, and pissing and moaning, when any player is pissing and moaning about not getting the ball or 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 just generally, generally unhappy on the field, it 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 infects the rest of the team. But I can tell you exactly what happened in that that one scene where you see Indomble go up and he grabs onto the back of Dyer's shorts there. And Dyer turns around and says something and he kind of giggles and then he kind of throws him forward and runs around the backside. I can tell you exactly what happened. Dyer turned to him and said, I just farted in your face. <laughs> that's exactly what happened. I mean, I hope that's what happened. I so yeah. hope that's what happened. But he said, you know, Dyer speaks like 47 languages. So he said it in French. Of course. No, but yeah, I mean, all that aside, I mean, for me, you know, Reggie's the one who, who really stood out as being, you know, kind of, I mean, he was my man of the match. I, I, I know there were arguments for a whole, you know, at least half the team. But for me, and, and maybe I'm, I'm looking at it because he was, uh, you know, the guy who ran over and got the rest attention to the medical emergency. Um, you know, that kind of quick thinking was, it was heroic. I mean, there were, you know, there was that situation going on in the crowd. Nobody was really quite sure what to do there was confusion and here he is just running over like hey dude you know we can't play you got to stop right now that's Uh, that's one of those times where you can like you know when when i was younger playing sports and and like i mean i i only played one sport at a like at a higher level in, in vermont in high school but i never could hear anything from the crowd right yeah but you, the, the, you can tell there, there, there are times and there are players who are tuned into what's going on in the stadium with the fans. And, and I think that, that soccer players are generally more in tune with, with, with the crowd and the, and the fans and the fan bases. And, and um, you know, outside of like an outfielder in baseball, who's getting, who's getting jawed at by the fans and he turns around and gives them a little wave or, you know, like uh, Randy Rosarena did in, in the playoffs against the Red Sox, he kind of tipped his hat, you know, <laughs> to the fans after they're kind of getting on him a little bit, you know, but I, I mean, I, I think that it's, it's important for sometimes for these guys to be in tune with the fans in that, in that kind of a, in that kind of a situation, especially, I mean, and uh, Eric Dyer had to run over and grab the AED, you know, or grab, grab one of the medical personnel to, to run the AED over because, Somebody was having a true emergency and to the credit of, I know NBC, they didn't show what was going on. Yeah. Yeah. I was pleased. Uh, with unlike, that. you know, unlike the Erickson situation. Yeah. No, they, uh, they must've learned, but seriously, like all around that was, it was heroic from both of them. I, I, it made me super proud to be a, you know, a Spurs supporter. Cause it's like, here, these are guys who, you know, they they understand that it's a game they're playing and there are more serious things and you know i think uh, uh Reggion and son at least after the game you know posted messages like yeah this the sport isn't as important as somebody's health so you know we're, they were glad that he uh, the person's doing well um but heroics aside i mean Reggion was in my opinion the best defender that we had out there today and one of the best attackers going forward too i mean that guy was doing it all um he i i can't think of a moment where he he put a foot wrong i mean maybe the opener um you know he might have done a little bit better dyer probably should have done better but outside of that i mean he he between him and son they had that left-hand side locked down nothing was going through them and everything was going forward on that side too it seemed he got the assist super happy he probably could have had a goal himself um if shelby didn't you know, ax him and get himself sent off like a dumbass. Um, but no, I was super pleased that we had some really great individual performances. We had really great team performances, which is the more important piece. Um, number 10 got on the score sheet. Good to see. Uh, what's his name? Let's, let's hear his name, Steve. Harry Kane. What's my motherfucking name? <laughs> I'm just bitter that, you know, he's he's currently beating me on the Premier League goal tally. Uh, Agreed. A little, little upset, a little salty there. Um, and then the one last guy I want to call out, Skippy, unsung hero, I think, because he enables people like Hoybjerg and people like Ndombele to get forward and do the things that they do best. Ndombele got on the score sheet. Hoybier got the assist. 
I don't think that happens if Skippy's not there and one or both of them have to drop back deeper and try to, you know, share defensive responsibilities. Skip was huge in, in offering that, that shield to the defense, but also cover um, for the attackers too. Steve, I, I can see Mike. Mike is ready to go. And Mike well, is jacked. Thing. He's jacked because you, you, I don't know that you've taken all of his, his hot takes away. I think Mike has <laughs> some is, hot takes I was takes just going to say, this is fucking why you don't let Steve go first because you let the <laughs> dumb guy, you let the dumb guy go first and then you let the actual tactics guy go second. Hi, my so. name is Mike. Here is what I think. Mike, what do you think, buddy? Let's hear it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, actually, I, I, I uh, kind of, I did my best uh, Nathan A. Clark uh, impression here. Uh, today at work while I was not Ooh, doing anything, we weren't busy, and I actually broke down that fucking goal. And I actually looked at that goal that Newcastle scored in the first five minutes, where Spurs looked like fucking Spurs, you know, in in uh, in you know in last year's European competitions, um, and and the the and the league for that matter um so i sat there and i broke that down and i looked at it and i paused it and i kept on going kind of back and forth and uh and i and i saw there was there's a couple of things that i saw reggie had no idea what to do because son didn't with on he had two players so he had to choose one or the other uh man with the ball or the or the man that he's supposed to be marking the reason that that happened was because son didn't track back and play defense on that son was so, sort of like in the, still in the middle third of the field with Harry Kane and Lucas, which is kind of where they want to be maybe in this system, because it's a kind of a counterattacking system anyway. Right. Fine. That said, it looked at initially like they were set up well to play defense on this. The ball goes, the ball goes deep. Uh, Reggie has to choose a guy to play. He chooses the man with the ball. That make that gives that gives Skippy something to do, which is which is come back and play some fucking defense. Skippy didn't play defense because Skippy the entire game sat there in midfield and just did what he's supposed to do, which is shore up defense in the midfield. But he just stood there this time. Didn't didn't uh, streak back. The guy you saw streaking back to play defense when he saw the move that went around. Um, Romero was Hoiberg. Okay, so when he saw the goal scorer come around, Hoiberg gets tries to get back. He's way too late. So Romero wasn't paying attention. Emerson, I don't know what the hell he was doing. He kind of just standing out there. He didn't really need to be part of the play anyway, but he didn't give he didn't give Romero any kind of an inkling as to what was happening. And there you have Dyer just kind of out there on an island by himself, not doing anything, not marking anyone yet. So at that point, when Dyer is just standing there in the middle of, of the box, not doing anything, not helping Reggie, not looking, not looking back at the three guys that are fucking behind him, you create a three-on-two situation with where Romero and, and Emerson have to, have to mark up three guys. Romero loses track of his guy. Hoiberg says, holy shit, it's a three-on-two. I have to streak back. Because if you pause it in the right spot, you can see Hoiberg going, literally, like you can see the expression on his face. He goes, holy shit, streaks back, doesn't get there in time, tap the header for the fucking goal. Because, you know, it, it would have been close, Romero, if Romero had, like, reacted a split second earlier. So all of that revolves around Sonny and Dyer. Sonny didn't track back, causing Reggie to take two guys. Had to choose one. The other guy breaks into the box. Dyer's standing there doing nothing. Eric Dyer's fault. So he is at fault for both goals. <laughs> That's where you were going with that, was Dyer was at fault. I, 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 I want know. to like this guy. I really want to like this guy, but he's got an odd-shaped head, and he, and he just doesn't... You know, and I think that odd-shaped head, like it, it's like... Um, it's like Maguire, right? Same same reason. He's got that giant head, but there's so much shit, like space in that head that like shit just bounces around and he doesn't figure it out. He had a terrible game this weekend too, just, just to let you know. 
Uh, but so I just, it was it was the bad big head weekend basically is what maybe yeah, that's usually, our our title usually big head usually big head equals success and not tonight that not not yesterday i don't know i i'm gonna geek out a little bit for for a second here but between dyer and mcguire i think you could cast them as like crab and goyle in harry potter like they just look like the sort of dumb henchman that would follow somebody smart around to you know just do their bidding yeah, well, and then you have and then you have John Joe Shelby playing fucking Voldemort. <laughs> and you know, let let's go further with this. And I'm hoping this gets some traction. Well, that was my that's... breakdown. That was that was my Nathan Clark breakdown. If I had some if I had we're some gonna, video... Mike, we're going to come back to that. Don't worry. We're going to come back. But I do need to say Dyer he, with the head shape he has, I can't believe we're having this conversation. Like his problem is when he lets his hair grow a little bit shaggy, he looks like a 13-year-old knucklehead that you see on the playground, right? Like he's got to keep He's got to keep that hair tight to not look like a fool. It's got to be like then a mohawk, does, but still. Then he like, does that weird yeah. mohawk thing every once in a while. It's like, hey, man, a very you're narrow to have a mohawk. Yeah, there's just. It's narrow, but it's like long, like the yeah, alien. Just, it's just weird, weird. It's He might need to go with the mullet. That might maybe balance things out a little bit for like, Dyer. Sigour- he's like alien. Like Sigourney Weaver might try and kill him. Yeah. But, Mike, I do want to compliment your, your Michael A. Clark analysis, man. I, I got to give you some. Nathan Clark? Yeah, yeah. Well, you're Michael A. Clark. Um, you, I gotta okay. give you some. I, I see some, what you're going there to do. Got to give you some credit on um, the the commitment to that. So, we're we gonna get that every week, or was that a? No, 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 absolutely not. I just had time at work today. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, did that exhaust you? As smart as that, dude, man. You, you got anything else for us? Or are you exhausted after that one? No, not completely exhausted. I gotta tell you, like, uh, I, I had a fun, I had a fun time watching this game. I knew. What did I tell you last last time we were together? I told you three to one, didn't I? I, I'm pretty sure I said three one. Um, and have. We'll have to been, go back to the tape. It would have been three one had Dyer not decided to either head the ball or knee the ball or kick the ball or whatever he was going to do and just let Hugo have it. Um, that was a dangerous ball in. But uh, outside of that, Dyer had a pretty good, you know, eighty or so minutes of of play out there. Um, I think mostly everybody did. I, I I I thought Romero was great except for that one situation where he lost his man. Um, Emerson was just okay. Um, I, I still think the guy, the guy's great on the ball. He's great coming forward, but he has a real problem crossing the ball. And I think we have that with both, with both of our backs on, 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 you know, right and left back. They, they just don't put good crosses in. And that's going to make it tough to score when you, when, when you're in a four, two, three, one like that. Um, that said, I really, really loved Ndombele. I love the way that he came forward. I love the ball at his feet. He showed us lo- what I said was that he's one of the best in the world with the ball at his feet because he makes those quick touches and they're so soft and they're on the ground. The, the balls are on the ground at his feet quickly. So he's able to make, and he's like, the guy is so smart. He makes these split second decisions. If, if you saw on that goal, like he didn't even take a fucking touch really. It was the lightest touch. And then he just kicked it. He, I, it that, that doesn't come from, you know, that doesn't come out of luck. Those type of things don't come out of luck. Uh, I thought Harry Kane, like Harry Kane, when he scored that goal, he thought he was offside too. He knew it. Like he laughed after, like he literally didn't think he scored a goal. He got a goal on a goal that he didn't think he scored because he was offside and he, he knew he was offside. Turns out he got lucky and wasn't this time. Like the one time something fell for for us, you know, on VAR. So um, let's talk about my boy Lucas on that on that uh, son goal. Uh, you know, a friend of mine, actually a friend of ours, a friend of the pod here, Brian had pointed out to me that, uh, and I didn't know this even being an MLS uh, kind of fan, not not a super fan, but a fan, um, that the MLS gives that gives out points um, for um, second assists. So I think I think Lucas would probably yeah so and they're and they're awarded the same amount as a primary assist. So Lucas would probably be close to first or second on the team in assists if you had if you gave him those assists on that metric. But I I just that that goal was was like FIFA type goal you know that was video game goal man. Um, the the passing the dribbling. Um, everything, everything in the box was, was perfectly set up for, for that play. And 
I don't know. Harry Kane's pass was fucking awesome, but I think Lucas's Lucas's pass to get the ball to, to Kane to actually intercept the ball, get the ball to Kane. I, I've never seen I I you don't see that type of play from any other player but Lucas Mora, where he can put the ball and just take off at like at a jump and, and take the ball between two guys like he did and lay it off to Harry Kane. And you know, Mike, I want to add to that. I, and, and you guys know I wasn't able to watch the the game live, but I, I did catch some highlights and, and that's how I digested it. One thing that struck me about Lucas yesterday was he had those Lucas dribbles, right, where he's going full speed and he's working in space. But what he didn't do yesterday is he didn't lose the ball in the final third. He gave it up uh, and made the decent pass more often than not. And that was a, a definite nice turn of events. I, I think that's what was something that was asked of him when he was playing that number 10 role with Jose with Jose. And 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 it looked like that that was kind of the way he was playing in the preseason, too. He's just got to get back to it, you know. You get stuck in like I think we know now that the 433 was a mistake. Um, so now we're playing into the 4231. We got healthy players, we got players that are coming back from international duty that are healthy and are able to play. Um, but you know, the only drawback I have from this game, other than, uh, Eric Dyer playing shitty for fucking 10 minutes, not even really 10 minutes, um, was the fact that did Nuno make a sub? No, no subs, not one fucking sub, but you know, I think that that plays to our conversation that we'll have in a moment about midweek. Right. And so let's hold off on that one, Mike, let's, let's hold off on the sub piece. Because yeah. we're talking about midweek. Is that okay? Yeah. Cool. I, I want to add this. A um, couple things I took away from what I what I saw yesterday. One, did you guys catch the touch that Reggie had on the long ball from Dyer that set up Tangy's first goal? Did you catch how on that on that long pass just immediately got the ball under control? Um, that was that was compelling. That was solid stuff. You, you know what that's kind of like? It's kind of like one of those like. Remember those sticky hands you get out of like a vending machine? Yeah. You just kind of, you got to throw it and kind of sticks. That's kind of like what happened is like, he just kind of touched it and brought it down. Right. Totally. I mean, that's, that, that is a fucking pro right there. Absolutely. The other thing I, I took away from yesterday was two big opportunities for us to crack and be super spursy. Like, like we have in the past after the first goal and, you know, minute two, and then after the dire fumble, right? Like we were all feeling fumbles, not the right word, but you know what I mean? The, after the, after the the ball off the knee, you know, Spurs fans would feel like here we go again. And to know that the squad kept it together, kept their focus, kept their intensity and didn't buckle. Um, that's new, right? I feel like I haven't seen that in a while. And, and that was, that was pretty, pretty solid and encouraging to see overall. How about just some, some quick final thoughts on yesterday's match and then let's uh, let's pause for commercial break. And then we'll, uh, we'll move on to midweek. Uh, any final thoughts on yesterday? Sunny good, dire bad. <laughs> Big head's bad. Big head's bad, right? No, no. So I, I think I think Sonny had um, had a good end of the first half, second half. That the team itself was, I think, phenomenal. Um, this is the I don't I don't know that this kind of play. I don't think we had to defend a lot in our own in our own third. Um, you know, we got to defend a little further out. Uh, we had a lot of possession. Um, the passes were crisp, but I, I think it speaks to the quality of the competition. Um, I honestly think that Burnley's gonna in midweek is gonna give us a harder, a harder game, a tougher game. Um, and they're shit too. But um I I really think that everybody played well. Everybody, I think when you have games like this and everybody's happy, I think it. It, it moves through the, the, the locker room and the dressing room and, and you're going to find uh, a, I think a good run of play coming up, hopefully um, where we're not down, you know, three games, losing three games. Um, I, I think those three games and I, and I said it before, were an anomaly and, 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 and it had to do with different situations that were happening um, outside of the arsenal bullshit. I mean, there's no fucking excuse for that, but We'll come back to that next time, right? Um, I, but I think overall, this is the type of team, these are the type of games you have to win, right? You can't draw these, you can't lose these. You can draw, 
upper mid table to to you know upper you know top four games you can draw those games it's nice to win those games but it's it's you can draw those games you cannot draw or lose to lower and lower mid table and low table teams you have to win those games well put absolutely hey let's take a pause it's time for our favorite segment of them all mike we're turning back to you it's time for hey mike what you drinking so that's the question mike hey mike what you drinking Tonight, I have, um, actually, I have a challenge for, uh, for you guys tonight. Um, I, I'm going to give you guys the choice of what I drink. Um, and it's, it's, uh, there's two different beers here, and they came from two different breweries in New Hampshire when I was there uh, last weekend for a wedding. It's amazing how the wedding fell on the like, international break. It was kind of nice for, for me, so I didn't have to... <laughs> choose my cousin's wedding over <laughs> over uh watching spurs um so the first one that we have and this is going to speak to dave a little bit because he's uh he's a kid of the uh, of the 80s right absolutely uh this is litherman's limited it's called the pills to pay the bills <laughs> it's an american pilsner and on the front and i uh, unfortunately you at home can't can't see this but um it's got friends of the brewery but it looks like the the whole label looks like a beastie boys cover oh absolutely it does right it's kind of funny even like, even the the, font, kinda goofy. the script yeah 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 it's, it's like the skills to pay the bills right oh yeah all right um Steve's, Steve's Googling the Beastie Boys right now, trying to figure out who they are. <laughs> I know the Beastie Boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're. Uh... He doesn't know where Drop actually came from. He only knows the second song it was in. Steve heard the Beastie Boys <laughs> on like a classic rock station or something like that. <laughs> so what if I did? <laughs> Speaking of Steve being a millennial, um, this one, <laughs> this one might, this one might uh, actually appeal to Stephen. This one is a New England India Pale Ale, also from New Hampshire, uh, from Concord Craft Brewing. Um, and all of these beers that I bought that I want to taste on the on the show, I haven't tasted yet. Um, this is this is kind of like a flagship for them. This is like their big beer. So like, and I've never tasted it. I've only heard about it. Um, it's it's called Safe Space. <laughs> it sure is so, so i don't know i don't know if steve wants to crawl into a safe space right now um but uh this is a it's a new england india pale ale it's a six percent alcohol um it was voted the vermont they're the not the vermont the uh best new hampshire made beer um i can't be saying much well <laughs> they're actually i have found hey I we have, have a, listeners in new hampshire be careful steve come on now i have found a number of their beers that have been fan fucking tastic um so this is a this is a, a this is a really socially conscious brewery um and it has the it has the new hampshire state house on it in rainbow colors so i mean that that tells you a little bit about about how these uh how these folks you know operate and feel in this brewery and and i appreciate that kind of uh that kind of sentiment and that kind of social awareness all right, so um, I'm gonna make a I'm gonna make a proposal. I'm gonna make the proposal that Steve, feel free to agree or disagree, that we have you try the safe space for this session, um, because I can tell Steve just is, is feeling that that's the way we need to go, and I'm with my guy. Um, after la after last time we uh, got together, he might need a safe space because yeah, we just I I want I want Steve to feel like this is his place and we are his people. So Steve, <laughs> that's my recommendation, and then Mike, I'm thinking next next time around. We give the Beastie Boys a run. What 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 do you think, Steve? Is that the is that the decent approach? How do you feel, Steve? <laughs> Dead air for Steve. He's I'm fine with whatever. <laughs> okay, so here's the deal. Here's the deal. Um, I got to tell you, the Lithermans. Uh, I I this is the only four pack I bought of this because their brewery, while fantastic, their beers were not good. None of the beers I tasted were good. They were bad. The brewery and the whole scene was phenomenal. Place was great. I would suggest having a party there if the beer was 
from somewhere else. <laughs> All right. Uh, so Craft I think Brewing, on the call. other hand, I'm glad you picked it because their beers are phenomenal. Every single one of them we tasted was great. And I held off on this one and my wife said it was awesome. So she's a good judge of IPAs. Pouring it, pouring it, pouring it. Is that a unicorn on the front? Yeah, there's a unicorn and uh, a rainbow. Yep. And then it's got the state house right there with the rainbow colors. Oh, boy. What type of beer did you say this is, Mike? It's a New England style India Pale Ale. Okay. And uh, I'm going to give this a taste, but I got I got to I got to pull something up right here. Oh no! <laughs> because I was looking at some of the reviews uh, of this, and I'm going to read one to you after this because it's fucking great. Um, and this is why I'm not one of these people, <laughs> but. Here we go. It looks it looks cloudy like a New England IPA, you know, kind of hazy. I didn't even hear it, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> um, wow. So I was gonna tell you about how it smells because it it smells kind of like grapefruits. Um, it's kind of got that New England IPA kind of feel to it. It's kind of got a little spice at the end. It's really, really hazy, um, but it's fizzy and it's kind of it's kind of smooth. I expected it to be kind of kind of heavy, um, but I really like this beer. Um, I'm going to give this a four, probably out of five, if we're going to stick on the five scale. That might be your highest rating yet, Mike. I mean, it's it's really good, man, and I I think I could drink a bunch of these. Um, so it's a, it's an IPA, but it's it's fizzy and grapefruity. Is that is that what we're getting? Yeah, I, I get grapefruit, some citrus, you know, some some kind of resinous, piney, but like spicy at the end, which is kind of like a typical IPA, New England style at least. So I gotta I gotta read this to you. And, and these are these are beer reviews from Beer Advocate. Fucking oh, crazy! This is funny. It's kind of like uh, when you would nah, forget it. I'll, I'll tell that story later. <laughs> yeah. um, let's find. Okay, so these dickheads. This is this guy gives it a four point one three out of five. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We need four more of those kind of people in the world. Poured into a 16-ounce can-shaped pint glass, canned on 2-22-18. Pours a very hazy dark yellow with a nice two-finger sticky white head that leaves a nice thick trails of lace. Ooh. Yeah, that sounds like a porn. Yeah, this guy's, this guy's too graphic about it. Now is guava, passion fruit, tangerine, and grapefruit rind. Tastes of tropical fruit front to back. Guava, passion fruit, and mild grapefruit. Mouthfeel is a little bigger than medium. It's mild to moderate life, not too dry, but a little sticky from all the fresh hops. Overall, this is a winner. Excellent hazy IPA and probably drinks bigger than the 6% ABV would have you believe, but still goes way too fast. Like these are all, all these reviews on like Beer Advocate. Um, and there's another one, uh, What's the other one? Uh, not untapped. I like untapped because I always leave a funny review. Um, but I feel like I need a couple to different ratings, like stupid ratings uh, sites you can go to. Beer Advocate's one of them, and people get way too like super involved with this shit. Like, just drink your fucking beer, right? I love to do this, but like, I don't get too too you know caught up in all of it it's really fucking good that's what i'm gonna say this beer is really good that's that's all we need for a review but steve did you just say you feel like you need to take a shower is that, is that what yeah you it's just <laughs> yeah thanks you for your yeah, yeah. Thanks you're, you're, you're thinking like great. white streams of lace is what's what you need to take a shower yeah okay sorry we all just right. got to like there's another yeah. podcast that's a little more dangerous than we are <laughs> We are not the mm -hmm. world's most dangerous Tottenham podcast. I can tell you that. We are definitely not. I'd be curious who is, but it's not us. But hey, let's move on. Mike, 
by the way, that was a great episode or a great uh, segment of Hey Mike, what you drinking? So we appreciate that. Well done. And that was uh, that was Safe Space by what's the name of the brewery? Concord Craft Brewing. Concord Craft Craft Brewing. Got it. All right, let's, let's tag them. Let's look at the midweek, uh, Mike. I think I heard you mention Burnley, but my calendar shows that's not for another week. We got we got your um, Europa Conference League this. Oh Thursday. yeah, that's next week, right? V- Vitesse and. Um, not sure if that pronunciation is correct, but it sounded pretty cool. I, you know, here's here's my question, Mike. You brought this up. No substitutions on on Sunday. Coming off the international break, my question is: um, Was Nuno thinking, "Hey, I need to get the guys out and get them to run their legs out and and just make sure that fitness is where it needs to be"? Planning for a fully rotated mm-hmm. squad to to be ready for West Ham on Sunday, or what do you guys think, Steve? Let's go to you first. What's your what's your take on squad approach for for Coach Steve Espirito Santo on uh oh on god. Thursday. I I think after the game he he said something um along the lines of like he felt that coming off from the international break, he wanted everybody to like just get the time to run it out. Like almost like he he wanted them to gel together and get that first 11 experience. And I just don't think that that's the right approach to take. Like you've already got the game one. I, you know, you've got training sessions to kind of get them to, you know, figure each other out. If they're tired, you risk injury, especially because so many of them came from international duty to play on the squad and you're going to run them all out for 90 minutes. You know, somebody like Lucas who stayed behind, sure, let him stay on, let him run around. You know, he, he wasn't doing anything during the break, but, you know, you've got Hoybjerg's played a couple of games. Uh, you know, the South American guys, I feel like they just got back like two days before, you know, so they're probably jet lagged and exhausted. They haven't really done too much. They, I, I believe all of them played Romero and, and Emerson and, you know, Los also wasn't uh, involved, but like, come on, you know, you're, you're risking injury to guys. Um, and it's against Newcastle, who weren't exactly posing a threat. Take some of them off, let them rest, protect them a bit. Even if you rotate completely, um, which I think he will uh, at, at midweek, you know, if, if one of them were to have gotten injured, they would have been out for way longer than that, right? Like, you got to protect some of these guys and, and make sure that, um, you know, if you don't need to run them into the ground, don't do it. You've got guys, you've got a bench for a reason. You got guys ready to go for a reason. Um, the game was already won. Pull some of the attackers out who have been running around, you know, let, let them get their, uh, you know, standing ovation um, from the, from the away crowd. It's just a nice little boost. Right. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I, I disagree with his assessment of the situation. I, I thought that that really needed, some of these guys to have been uh, pulled off lest they get injured. Um, but I don't know, maybe you've got a different take, Mike. No, no, I, I mean, all right. So you're looking at <clears throat> a week where you're playing a team from uh, the, the, what the Dodge professional league. So they're sitting in what are, right now they're sitting at 16 points in the league. And that's tied with uh, like Feyenoord, um, who is a traditionally really tough, really tough team in, in that league. Um, so, you know, that's a league with teams like PSV, uh, Ajax, Feyenoord um, that are tradi- uh, Utrecht, which are like traditionally big teams, right? Um, in, 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 that, in that country. Um, and they're sitting up with, the, with those teams and, and, and they're, I know it's early in the season and, and we talk about it being early in Spurs season too, but this team is not going to like lie down for us just because we play in like English Premier League. Well, we don't play. Spurs play in English Premier League. Um, I like to make that distinction because I am not on the team. Um, <laughs> it's the collective we, Mike. We're okay with that. Sure. I, I bought a jersey, so I pay their salary, right? Yeah, you you totally contributed to the, to the squad. No question. <laughs> And they care about what I say on this podcast. You have Hoybier on the back of your uh, your away Galaxy jersey, so you're you're in good shape. Yeah, I I really wish I were a Viking. That's why. Um, <laughs> so, um, 
you know, Vitesse isn't going to lay down for us by any means, but at the same time, I feel like we can get by with, with a, with a squad of, of younger players mixed in with some, with some, um, some old standbys, you know, you're probably going to see your Ben Davis and you're going to see, uh, their, <laughs> our third choice, our hope, probably, hopefully not, but you might see our third choice, uh, right back out there. Don't say it. Don't, don't say the name. Let's just, um, don't do it. I, 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 I still, just a side note, I still think that he was sent here to fuck us over because he was an Arsenal fan as a kid. Just saying. Um, but anyway, um, probably I'm, I'm assuming Tangango will probably play, but he might play center back. Who fucking knows? Uh, with Roden. Um, you know, I think you're going to see Dane out there and you're going to see, you know, Harry Winks, our, our old friend, Harry Winks, who needs to get a run out. Um, he needs, you're going to see Delhi. Delhi hasn't played in a couple of games. Uh, so you're going to see some old standbys in there with, with some of the younger players mixed in. Um, so I, I, I just, I can't see this game going anyway, but Spurs, however, that said, like, we can't sit back and rest on our laurels and just, just assume that everything's going to be like that. We're going to come out and, and beat them. Like we won, like we did in the last game in Europe. So you, you just, you have to, you have to take everything one, one kind of game at a time and, and one segment of the game at a time as the, as those games come, because when you ran out, your like, they ran out Harry Kane, they ran out Sonny, you know, and they ran out Lucas. So, you know, Stevie B is going to be back. You'll get a little Salso in there. So you're going to see some names, but you're not going to see Harry Kane out there. And I'll think unless it becomes absolutely necessary, you're not going to see Son out there. I mean, I didn't think Son would come out for Murrah either. He, there he was, he showed up. Like all those guys showed up and Dombley showed up. Like, so who the fuck knows what's going through Nuno's mind, but we can't like coming into this, a big run of games we cannot we cannot you know just completely run our guys out of steam and kill them like we got killed last year with it with a with a uh, match can get congestion you know it, it killed our entire team we hadn't and we had like no depth to begin with which is why we've got to have heavy rotation I, you know i was thinking about stevie b um this is against a dutch team right so he's He's from the Netherlands, so there may be something to that. I hope he gets a he gets a good run out. But it'll be interesting to see. My my hope is that we don't do what we've done in Europe for the past year and a half, which is start slowly, end up behind, and then there's like this panic, like, oh crap, we need to bring, you know, bring our, our actual first eleven in to to try to get the game under control. So my hope is we uh we just come out and stomp on their necks early and just just wrap it up as quickly as possible, but maybe that's being a little bit overzealous, but that would be my hopes. Steve, anything else to add on that? I, I mean, I think you've covered it pretty much perfectly. Perfect. How about this? I, I'm going to throw a random question at you guys. We were having some, some dialogue over the, uh, the weekend. Um, kits every once in a while we talk about kit. Uh, I'm curious. What are your top favorite kits that you own that are not spurs kit what would that be if you have those i mean steve you may be such a loyalist you don't have any non-spurs kit but i just want to throw it out um let's start with mike mike you top two or three favorite kit you own that are not spurs okay so i have one that doesn't fit me <laughs> it doesn't fit me anymore um and that is a it's it's a USA kit from um, from I want to say World Cup two thousand four I want to say um, somewhere in that realm was kind of when I kind of like said I'm gonna fucking do this you know um, that's a pretty that that was a pretty cool kit um, Mike you know what you're doing it doesn't fit put it in a frame throw it on the wall you know just make a, make a souvenir <laughs> out of it. <laughs> we're talking soccer kits right yeah right um so i've and i've got i got um non-spurs jesus i've got i've only got three that are non-spurs 
Uh, one is my, uh, my kit from when I coached the, the Georgia yellow team, first and second grade. <laughs> um, Georgia yellow, first and second. Very good. Georgia yellow. That, that thing, that thing fit really well. Um, and my third kit, my favorite, actually my favorite kit that I have actually out of all of them, except for maybe the galaxy kit. I have this, this purple kit from, uh, was it 2020, 21, uh, which was cool. But, um, my favorite kit that I have is, uh, from this, this team, uh, the, the, the Greyhounds. I don't know if you know, uh, there's, there's this guy, he's played for Chelsea on this team and, uh, it's my favorite kit that I own, uh, his name was Roy Kent. Yeah, I know who he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, AFC Richmond. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I love the fucking guy. He's uh, he's a badass. He's way more badass than Hoyberg, which is tough to do, right? But, you True. know, the chance is he's here, he's there, he's every fucking where. He's you know, Roy he's Kent. Yeah. Uh, so, my Roy Kent kit is my favorite kit. Um, I have a Malarca kit, actually, too, which is it's kind of cool because – um, it was a year where they were they were down in the third position, the third uh, the the third league in the in the Spanish in the Spanish uh, hierarchy of soccer, um, and they had no sponsor on their shirt. They had three they had three kits with no sponsor on it, and it was an it's an Umbro kit, and it's it's a really really cool shirt. It's it's really light. It's breathable, and I got that from. Uh, from one of my mystery kit sites but that's that that's a really cool kit it just doesn't rate with the with the georgia yellow fair enough you gotta love the mystery kit sites those that's a fun fun package to open no question yeah i really only started honestly i bought the one usa kit that doesn't fit me anymore um i don't know why it's a double x i mean it fit me back then i don't think i weigh any different i usually think i weigh less but um the uh the that USA I gotta find it. I'm I'm gonna find it and, and I'll tell you what year it was. But it clearly clearly shrunk in the laundry. That's that's all that happened there, Mike. How about you, yeah, Steve? Well, it's shitty, it's shitty uh US, you know, it's it's <laughs> USA made, you know, made in the US. Nice. Steve, favorite non-spurs kit. You know, I had to think long and hard about this, but it was- I knew you were thinking, Steve. That's why I, I like kind of hummed and hot about it. So it's the first the first kit I ever got um, was a Ronaldinho Brazil um, from like 2004. Um, so this was like right after um, you know the 2002 World Cup where Brazil won it all against Germany. You know he was one of the best in the world, and uh, you know my my mom's from Brazil, so it was like one of those like you know if it wasn't U.S., yeah, it's Brazil. Um, and I was just, you know, thinking about like how good he was in his prime. Like, what a player! Um, it's kind of gone a little downhill since then, uh, but you know, it was still, you know, it was, it was, you know, like a, you open a gift on Christmas. It's like one of the best things ever. Like, I, I, I feel like I wore that so much to the point where all like the the letters on the back started to peel off, and I had to put it away. But uh, yeah, I think that's got to be my favorite. Just for the memories, the childhood memories. That's a good one. That's a good one. And the reason I asked the question, I shared this with you guys over the weekend. I am a, I'm a fan of the V-neck, V-neck kit. That To me, that's fantastic. So actually, one of my favorite Spurs kit um, is the, I think, Mike, you may have kind of mentioned it. I want to say it's, it's either, I want to say it's 1920 Spurs away. It's the navy blue kit with the purple kind of checks on it one of my favorites because it's got that v-neck uh action going on but right yeah, just yeah. just uh just got after a long wait the uh the iax bob marley kit which is uh quickly went to the top of my my non-spurs list and i've got a um i've got an fc basel kit from uh it's an adidas adidas v-neck um got white on the collar and on the sleeves it's just a solid you know like like um what would you call it two-tone type of kit and uh that's from like 16 17 or 17 18 so that's definitely uh among the favorites so yeah thanks for the side sidetrack there boys much appreciated always good to oh talk. here's the kit yeah i'm going to show this to you because uh this is the usa kit that i have the navy it's the navy blue with the number in the front 
I'm not going to go upstairs and can pull it out of the. That's solid. So, so what Mike's showing is all navy blue with like a uh, red and white stripe across the. It's the, the, mid, it's the midriff. It's almost like a Top Gun looking kid. If I was going to try to label it. Yeah, like yeah, this. and it's got the it's got the USA patch up on the shoulder, um, but it, it's a cool kit. That it, that's the 2006 kit. The 2002 kit was weird, and it had like these weird. I don't know, weird armpit patches where it was colored in the armpits, like red and blue, blue jerseys. Like, but you know, I, I, I think we've mentioned it a couple of times. The, the guys who uh, like chicken wings a lot <laughs> and uh, tacos and such can't get white, can't get white shirts. Yeah. Never heard this discussed on a pod, but yes, never buy the Spurs home kit, no matter how beautiful it is, because you're going to spill beer, chicken wings, or, or something on it in the process. So let that be known. That's a Wicked Spursy first. No question. <laughs> Actually, the kit I'm wearing right now, is it's not a kit at all. It's a baseball jersey. Yes, it is. This is and true. The, it is game-worn, game and I'm wearing it for tonight. Is that long-gone move-on I'm looking at right there? There it is. Wow. Game-worn, really? Game-worn. How'd you come across that? I've got, I've got two, two game-worn ones. One is in glass um they're both they're both certified the one in glass is, is is actually um is actually signed but this one uh is authenticated as well and it has the back when russell athletic did the, did all the shirts for for major that's, league baseball this one's from that, 1995 yeah that's before majestic took it over and then that's before uh nike took everything over right yeah this was the first year that boston actually went with the red lettering instead of having just Boston and, and Navy blue. So, and there they put it. actual big names on the back too. There you have it. All right, boys, we're, uh, we're approaching the, the end. So let's do some final thoughts, Steve, any closing thoughts as we wrap things up? We better fucking win the next two games. Um, <laughs> yeah. I feel good about the midweek one. You know, I think it's going to be a really good game, but I think we should win that. It's it's the West Ham game that I'm really kind of dreading. Like that just has loss written all over it with a stupid fucking Mikhail Antonio bullshit goal. And I'm I'm already like resigns to a piss poor performance where we lose to West Ham and suddenly all the good feelings are gone again and I get to be miserable next week and sky's falling. But uh, again, I really hope I'm wrong, but it just doesn't feel like that's going to happen. Chicken little, we don't want him to come back, but, but Steve, we know you're ready if the time comes. Mike, how about you? Closing thoughts. Um, West Ham has a lot of really tough players. Uh, there's, you know, Declan Rice is a fucking force. Um, I really actually like Declan Rice. Uh, I, I know a lot of people don't like him, think he's a little dirty. Um, uh, again, you have Mikhail Antonio, who is who's their guy uh, up front, right? He's their their big their big scorer. Um, then you have also you have Ben Rama, you have Suchek, you have guys like uh, Kurt Zuma's a sick defender. Like I, I have a hard time hating this team. Uh, there's one guy do fucking really hate and and i don't think we're gonna see him i don't know if we'll see him but jared bowen is a piece of shit he's a little <laughs> ass he's a little asshole with a fucking terrible haircut um i think they're a tough team man cresswell's fucking really good too they're they're kind of youngish they're you know they have they have a fancy kind of attack um i think we might have a little trouble with them we're gonna have a little more trouble with them than we did with Newcastle obviously but I I think you know I think we're going to be fitting on all you know firing on all cylinders I I'm not going to make a score prediction but if we don't again like it's okay to draw with those top to to upper table teams mid mid top to upper table teams you're you're okay to draw with them but I think I I think we need to beat West Ham and I think we need to put an exclamation point on that beating um, I think that's something we didn't do this week with, with Newcastle is, you know, we had them three to one. We should have stepped on their throats instead of just passing the ball around and, and, and you know, playing grab ass. Um, it's bullshit. Um, <laughs> fucking, you know, you, you have to get your, you, you have to get your goal differential 
down, man. Because right now we would we would be probably in in fifth position easily, fourth position easily, if we had gotten our goal differential down. Actually, we are in fifth position right now. We're in fifth right? with our crappy goal differential as it is. Yeah. Luckily, but, luckily, because yeah, because we're we're tied with who? Brighton. Brighton. Yeah. With Brighton. Well, it's Brighton. Yeah. Yeah. The, Mike, the I got to give you credit. I think you just you just gave us like the most Americanized of all segments where you just said we have to step on their throats, quit playing grab ass, and and what, what was the last thing you said? It was it was perfect. I have no idea, but uh, it's actually, gone already. But just those two was was. was I feel like my my uh, my ex football coach Tony Zingali, you know. Yep, it, it comes and out. Every once you know what he used to say to me all the time when I give him excuses? He used to say, "Ah, oh, bullshit." <laughs> that's, that's what he used to say he was, a, he was an old greek man and, and he was scary my old football coach used to say to me he'd say dave i have turds that come out faster than you do <laughs> <laughs> that was all the motivation i needed that that got me moving hey you know mike you want to know another reason we need to beat west ham because nate is their freaking coach we need to we need to crush west ham because of nate that's i'm gonna oh, leave it fuck nate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there it is all right with that, we are Wicked Spursy. Uh, gentlemen, I appreciate you. To our listeners, we appreciate you. We'll see you next week after uh, after West Ham with an update, and we'll talk about the state of the world. Thanks, everybody. Stay Come on, safe Spurs. place. Stay safe. Stay safe. safe place. <laughs> you, too. you too, Steve. Safe spaces. <laughs>